0: back to neighborhood conversations where we have inclusive conversations, welcoming persons who have diverse resources, um, welcoming um, amazing people who are supporting different groups, um, supporting different um, initiatives that's important to helping people's way of life to continue to succeed, doing their employment journey, doing their personal journey, um, and just in general. This is your boy, Templeton Sawyer, host of the Neighborhood Conversations, and we have the amazing Keith Gallahan from Advocacy, um, which he will explain later on. And so I'm going to get right into the conversation. Keith, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here today on the Neighborhood Conversations.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate being here.
0: How, how's your day going? Pretty good. That's Just good. That's
1: booking good. in students like it's going out of style right now, so...
0: That's good. That's good, man. You know, um, Keith, we just spoke um, in our last episode about youth employment and how it's important and how it connects with other people and serving young people. Um, and you're actually a, a, a leader who serves young people. But what I want to get into, um, I'm going to talk about that later on in the discussion, but I want to hear what is advocacy all about? How can you um, tell the listening audience about what what do you do and, and, and all that good stuff? That,
1: Basically, what we do is we coach neurodivergent youth and adults who have ADHD, learning disabilities, autism, anxiety, and any co-occurring mental health challenge that impacts executive functioning. Um, and these are individuals who are in grade 12, transitioning into post-secondary um, post-secondary students. And then we also help um, them transition from post-secondary into the workplace, and working with people who are also in uh, career transition and uh, entrepreneurs.
0: Wow, that's really good. Um, providing all that service to different um, areas of life to help young people and people and in, in, in students and all that good stuff. One of my questions I have for you, Keith, is how do you, um, where do you get your referrals? Like How how do you identify um, those clients um, that come through you? Yeah. So
1: our prime, primary of, of clients, or I guess are about 70% of our client base are post-secondary students. Yeah. Um, so actually, as of August 1st, um, 100% of our fees are currently being covered through uh, post-secondary accessibility services if you self-identify as a student with a disability. Yeah. So um so that's one one of our streams. Um, the second stream, we do also work with uh, Nova Scotia Works. We've done a lot of work with Teamwork Cooperative and working with uh, you guys uh, since 2013, I guess. Wow. So um, we've got kind of two ways of getting, having clients come through your doors. One is as all of our post-secondary students are coming out, everybody in the Halifax area, we refer them all to Teamwork Cooperative um, because what's the point of having them Get all this help, and then uh, you know, land back and trying to do everything on their own, right? I, I believe in just a continual flow and and the collaborative process. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the one way is we refer the post secondary students in. Another way is we get a lot of referrals from from uh, uh, both you and other Nova Scotia Works locations around the province, and um, uh, and then we also have private clients as well. We've got we've got uh, uh, clients right across Canada at this point, and in the U.S. Um, and one other, just more recent development, is that we've been collaborating with a, uh, a doctor out of uh, British Columbia. His name's Dr. Gurdit Pahar, and he does ADHD assessments. Um, sure. He basically does them. Uh, throughout Canada and does it with a nurse practitioner. Um, Anyways, he's offering ADHD assessments at around the $300 mark. And then afterwards um, has a referral base. We happen to be one of the uh, referrals out of that too. So uh, just try to do it that way. Uh, Some of them are coming in privately, some are coming off the website and some are coming off just through uh, that collaborative process.
0: That's really amazing that you have that space to provide to post-secondary students, um, so that they can actually um, know that they have a support to, go, to um, go through the process of ADHD and mental health and, and other services you provide. One of the things that I want to ask you is: What got you into this work? What made you so passionate to, to start this work? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a long story. I'm going to see if I can condense it, but oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the long and the short of it was that I was adopted into a family uh at birth and uh um i was full surrounded by high achievers so my dad's an accountant my mom's a nurse my sister has a phd in behavioral genetics rooted in trying to figure out why she turned out the way she did and i turned out the way i did given the exact same upbringing so she everything came naturally to her so it was um you know she was a full ride athletic academic scholarship and you know went on her way and everything was just like kind of a straight line with me. I went all over the place. Yeah. And uh, so I struggled in reading, writing, and math. Um, by the time I got to junior high school, uh, I was pretty disengaged. I'd say disengaged from school, but very um, impulsive, overactive, constantly in trouble. Spent tons of time down in the principal's office. And by the time I get to high school, um, there was one course that I really liked doing, which was called uh, Human Services. And um, um Anyways, I, I went into that class and then there's a, a bunch of my buddies are making fun of me because I'm a big guy. I'm not standing up, but I'm six, seven. So they're like, why are you in that helping field? Right. Why don't you go into firefighting or something like that? And, uh, for that, I need to take a science. So I walked into, uh, biology 12, looked on the board turned right back around, never actually completed the course. And I get called to the principal's office again. Uh, and, uh, anyways, long story short, he said, uh, um, I said, you know, he was coming to that biology exam. And he said, You're gonna to have to write it. And I said, I haven't been to the course since the start of the year, right? Yeah. And he yeah. said, Well, keep your performance here in the school, doesn't matter what you do in life, you're always going to be a failure. And that was kind of my kickoff into adulthood. And I kind of lived like that for about 15 years. So I fumbled around at college and university. Um, didn't really know, like, I wanted to do social work, but I had to do all these. Ex- uh other courses that I didn't like to do and it it just wasn't working out. So by right. the time I gathered enough credits to get into the school of social work, they basically turned me away at the door and said, you know, you're never gonna succeed a post secondary. Go get a trade if your plumbers make okay. good money. And again, yeah. being a big guy sitting under Sunby's sink wasn't my idea of a good time. However, four years later, I found myself uh, to be medically unemployed. And during that time, I joined a, an organization similar to Teamwork, actually. That was a, yeah. tr- It was a trades-related program. Sent out a bunch of resumes. First company wrote me back, plumbing company. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I guess I'm destined they to do this.
0: Doing and
1: uh, did that. Got my tickets, worked in that trade for seven years until a back injury hit. And as soon as I got the back injury, um, well, actually, no, sorry. Before the back injury hit, uh, I worked in it until uh, 2008 when the economic downturn hit. So our company went from 77 us to four in six months. I was the last guy to get cut. And at that point, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And then a couple months later, I was describing some symptoms I had. So I used to have, I used to get really frustrated really quickly when things didn't go my way. And uh, so somebody said, I think you might have ADHD. And I was like, nah, those are the kids that are bouncing off the walls. That's not me. And then they gave me this book called You Mean I'm Not Stupid, Lazer, Crazy, Had a Read of That. I'm like, holy smokes, it's totally me. How did nobody ever see this up till this point? And uh, continued to do uh, work with a clinical social worker for a couple of years. But what I realized from therapy and social work and all that jazz was they were really good at helping you understand why you think and act and feel the way you do. As soon as I wanted to go to make the next step, there was nobody there to support me. That's where I learned about coaching and uh, um, ended up getting hyper focused on that and actually yeah. followed through with it. And I've been doing it ever right. since. So.
0: We're going to take a quick break to listen to some Nova Scotia Works client stories.
1: I look forward to my family's security
0: in the future. That's the main goal as a father. The empowerment from changing careers has really just made me want to get out of bed in the morning.
1: I'm looking forward to growing my business. So I want to hire people. Like, I was hired. I want to give guys that chance. I'm looking forward to the financial freedom that I never had before.
0: And now back to the podcast. Wow, that's really amazing to hear your story about that Um, from um, from um, beginnings of, of disbelief, people not believing in you, and, and, and you remain um, focused to where you're going, um, and, and having having some challenges in between the midst of that, but you kept focused, and you, and you even though there was some down where well, we you want to give up and you and you, and you saw it coming at you. you you remain focused and you created this advocacy um, executive bounty which is really amazing and, and really needed um, to connect people in the community um, and help people so how, how how are you having like different groups where where people what talk about different do you have like some entrepreneurial support groups or um, other groups that you support um, that's connected with advocacy
1: yeah, so we I do run a an entrepreneurship group currently. We run it as a this seems to be an ongoing pilot, but it's been a better yeah. pilot, so it's basically full of uh, neurodivergent entrepreneurs. We meet on a weekly basis, so it's every Friday from nine thirty to eleven, and uh, within that group, a number of the individuals or people who have participated in either self employment's benefits program or people that I've coached in the past, um, and or other entrepreneurs who. Um, we're looking more support around that neurodivergent side of thing versus oh. all the business side. So one of the things about running a business, it's especially running a business solo is, uh, you can get in your head a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You get in your head, you can get discouraged and you're by yourself. So there's, there's not a lot of people to, to kind of bounce things off. So in that particular group, it's more run like a peer support group. Um, we, we meet, uh, Uh, we basically do like a set up like monthly action plan at the start of the month, Uh, beginning of the month, we put a business on the hot seat and all of us kind of contribute all of our ideas to helping that particular business off. And then the opposing weeks we're meeting uh, to do body doubling actually, which is we come on, we say some good stuff that's happened during the week, and then we pick a topic that we want to work on for the next hour and a half. And then at the end of the hour and a half, we come back and we, uh, report on how it's how it's going so it's a it's a way to get the hard stuff done usually the administrative stuff that yeah. uh, most of us most of us love delivering whatever service that we're in but doing the admin is the is the the difficult part right so we come together yeah. as a group to help facilitate wow. that
0: and that, that's amazing so you you have two different um, areas of focus that but also two different demographics and well target audience I call them um, that that you focus on that brings um, amazing work um let's talk a bit about mental health um i, I want to ask why do you think uh, mental health is important um to advocate for
1: oh, it's a mass massive thing it's uh the I don't know, just from a personal perspective, yeah, uh, I've been diagnosed cool. with a, a whack of different uh, clinical stamps on my forehead. So yeah. uh, like I said, I, uh, I start off with anxiety and depression, ADHD processing disorder. Uh, yeah. I also have a learning disability math, which creates some challenges running a business <laughs> too. Luckily I have a good accountant. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, a lot of the reason why we got to focus on the mental health uh, side of things is, um, well, first of all, it's rather not talked about enough. At least it's coming more to the forefront, but it's a lot of kind of, I don't know, mishmash of information, not not a congealed way and and basically how to create steps to get you to a better place. Um, but yeah, the reason reason we we talk about it freely um, yeah. is that uh, like all the. Coaches that I have, uh, we all self-identify as neurodivergent, so we okay. we come at it from a peer perspective, and we're used to riding on the roller coaster. That's why I have it open my logo there. Right. Um, there's two ways to ride the roller coaster. You can either ride that one, the big huge yeah. one, yeah. Um, and that's usually by ignoring the problems or just like you know it'll just go away eventually. I won't bother dealing with it. Or if you face it more head-on from a proactive point of view, you can ride like kind of a little smaller roller coaster right. and. Uh, um you know still acknowledge that challenges do exist but try to find strategies to make your life uh i guess better or just work better for for the whole situation i guess
0: wow that's amazing and, and that that that's really good that you um can see that through those lens but I, I i hear you say strategies and i I wanted to don't want to take it into the whole full context of the work that you do, but what sort of strategies do you share um, in um, some of those lessons um, when guiding um, young people and people in general through, through the process um, through your service? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the biggest thing that we focus on is that um, a lot of the individuals that I work with say they like kind of flying by the seat of the pants. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in reality, uh, if we think back to times when we're most productive, and I can take it back to myself, most productive time in my life was around grade three, right? Sure. My mom got me up in the morning, she got me breakfast, I went off to school, I had, you know, a bit of all I would focus on is recess, lunch, recess, come back, play outside. Uh, eat dinner, watch Lilith's hobo go to bed, right? right? And times were good back then, right? Everything yeah. was kind of yeah. laid out for me, right? But as you yeah. merge into adulthood, you're responsible yeah. for creating your own structure. And right. for those of us who live with ADHD or any other thing that impacts executive functioning, we struggle with things like organization, time management, emotions management, Um communication skills, uh, procrastination, perfectionism, all that jazz. Right. And uh, so what we do is we work with individuals to help set up that structure for them.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Wow. That, that, that's really amazing. Um, and Keith, I, I want to ask you, like, when engaging with these people in this space, like, like, how is the space, how do you prepare the space? Like, do you welcome them with, with open questions? Like how, how do you welcome the space? Cause you know, um, engagement is so important. That's one of the things that we spoke about um, in the last episodes, like all the approach and engage. How do you, how, what is like your original approach to these people um, that you're entering um, for them to trust you?
1: Well, the initial, the initial approach is like, much like I started to rip my story earlier. Um, I do the same with our clients, right? So we get to know a bit of a background on them. Um, it is really important to go back as far back as possible. Not that it has to be school related, but I was asked, like, tell me about your experience coming up through like elementary, junior high, high school, college, university, any of your work experience, just as a guideline to keep them on track. And uh, uh, as soon as they, as they're telling me their story, I'm listening for cues where I can relate in a peer perspective. And so when I come back saying, oh, do you know anything about me at all? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, then I can kind of weave in my personal experience and then create a, a, a bond that um, you can't get just by going to school or reading in a textbook. Right. I had right. a guy call me up today who is was uh, just recently uh, discharged from the military. And, uh, you know, working with a social worker and occupational therapist giving and he's getting the t- a lot of the tools that we would be using ourselves. Um, yeah. But because they, you know, because he runs into problems on a week to week basis, depending on if he's on a higher, or low mood or whatever else, they're just like, well, you're not doing your work. You're being lazy or you're not trying hard enough or whatever else. And it's not it at all. It's just they've hit a block that yeah. those people that they've read in the textbook can't. Yeah. <laughs> Can't uncork them, right? Whereas cool. I can come in and say, "Listen, I was on one of those blocks last week too." Um, you know, I, I try to relate some personal stories, and my other coaches do too. We try to re- relate personal stories, but also mix it with research-backed uh, strategies and kind of bring it together. The thing with with creating any new habit or structure in general, you know, usually takes around well, they say on average for a neurotypical person around you know, 21 days for me, it's about five months. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we, we know we're playing the long game and we're also um, we also don't uh, proclaim to anybody that we're going to cure them of any, you know, you're never going to cure the ADHD. And even to this day, I still have a personal coach. I have a business coach and I have a therapist and when yeah. I keep them all in my life. Things are great. When I, usually it's the therapist that wants to leave first, like, Oh, you're, you seem to be doing better. You figure out your one problem, then they're yeah. the ones that are, the first to jet out. Right. And then, and so the whole thing with us is like, um, you know, how do you create that, uh, that element of, um, you know, like the collaboration and the network around you to help lift you up. Right. If you try to stay in your, uh, by yourself and a lot of us try to do that, we just stick in our own heads and we have this, this, uh, um, I don't know, cycle going on repeat of all the challenges and stuff that we come up. And we want to really, we really try to focus more on the positives and, uh, you know, what are you doing well and whatever you're having, the big challenges, how can we help you just break it down step by step by step to get the next level?
0: Wow, that, that, that's really good. Um, making sure that you inspire them and, and, and keep them engaged and telling the story um, is, is important as well along the way, um, which gives them a bit of relation. Um, to help them to move forward, and that's really important. Um, Keith, my, 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 this is really good. I, I'm I'm so happy to have the opportunity to hear more about your work and also hear more about your story. Um, I, I want to leave um, with this last final question: um, Is what can you say to employers who want to support and um, advocate for persons with ADHD um, and and going through mental health in their organization? Um, what do you want to say? How how can they do that? How can they support and, and be of great help? Yeah, yeah.
1: There's two fold to it. One is educating yourself around the topic. Yeah. Um, but the second one is talk, talk to your employees and figure out, ask them, just say, listen, there's a closed door, not, uh, you know, there's no judgment. What do you need? Right. Yeah. And a, a lot of us haven't never been asked that question, right? Yeah. We're just expected to go in and fit in the same box like everybody else. And if we don't fit it, um, then we're getting written up on performance reviews or whatever. I would say yeah. like the, the number one strategy that I, that, uh, a lot of my clients use that are, um, uh, professionals are, uh, um, you know, figuring out either your, your next level up boss or somebody in the office that you can meet with on a Monday and right. help talk it out, lay out a plan for the week, and then just have a little quick follow-up at the end of the week to, to share how it went. So a little bit of planning and reflection, and that's, that's the whole thing. So we, we're not good at either one of those, <laughs> those, yeah. uh, 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 tools, right? Um, yeah. Usually we're just kind of living in the moment, and yeah. so we need somebody to come in and help us yep. just kind of set out a plan and just have a bit of reflection to make sure that it's been done right. So it's just adding adding an extra layer of accountability, and then also make yourself aware of the accommodations that are out there. um You know, sometimes it's as easy as uh, you know if you're in a um, uh, like a. I know one of my clients had a was in an office space where they had a, a window that was facing outward, and everybody right. that walked by was a big distractor. As easy as just putting up a, a blind, right, yeah. <laughs> and just letting the office know, hey, I'm not I'm not in here ignoring you. I'm in here because it just helps me focus better. You know, right. just little right. little strategies like that.
0: And that's, that's that's really good. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that, key. And I, I love the part where you say reflection because reflecting is really important in order to help us grow and help us succeed. This is really good at the Neighborhood Conversations. We try to bring key um, persons like yourself, key to the table to share, want the story, share the passion, share the objectives of what can happen if you you make this impact and if you actually include this into your regular workplace and also community um, partnerships brings this all together as well. And so I, I thank you so much, Keith, for bringing this um, to today's neighborhood conversation. And we're definitely going to bring you back because I feel like we have lots to dive into on um, ADHD and persons learning about different um, um, types of, of, of ADHD and, and, and stuff like that. So learning learning more of those things, definitely um, we have to bring you back on to neighborhood conversations. But until then, I appreciate you for, for coming on to today's conversation. Um, folks. Listening audience, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you at the next episode. Thanks so much. This podcast is funded by the government of Nova Scotia.